Welcome to the Outsiders Podcast, episode six. I am Neil Salen here as always with my main man, Tyler, aka Redeem France. What is up, brother? What's up, man? We're back. So crazy that we're in episode six. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we just got this thing started and now we're already um, here in episode six and kind of getting to pick our episodes. Yeah. Uh, a little bit lined up with things that are going on and, and right. how things are playing out in, in society and stuff. So we're really excited about being able to do that. Uh, I, we always want to let you guys know why we're the outsiders, but we're just going to refer you back to uh, the first four episodes. You can go and listen <laughs> to those so you can find out why we are the outsiders. But we are two white guys talking about race, yep. justice, and Jesus. And uh, Tyler, um, I know things have been... A little crazy for you this week, just personally. You got licensed as a minister I did. Sunday by our church, so that is a a thrill and an honor. Yeah. Um, and I was just so excited for you and excited for what God is going to so. do. Um, so you uh, have expressed to me that your heart has kind of been all over the place this yeah. week. Why don't you kind of lay that out for us a little bit with our heart check here? For sure. Yeah. Well, um, again, man, the... Uh, just the current situation of our world, the the current circumstances. Um, you know, those two LA County deputies that were ambushed yeah. and and shot. Yeah. Um, you know, thank God they survived. Yeah. But you know, we we don't know that that was connected to anything, but it it looks bad. It looks mm-hmm. kind of it sets the movement back. I feel. Yeah. Um. And so that is that is something that is just kind of it's it's just more bad news it seems mm-hmm. you know um, I, I really want to get to a place where where we're seeing more and more progress and and I know that there is progress there I know that there are good things and I know that as a believer we have that to look forward to. Um, well, and I think it's sad that we we're at a state where. When something like that goes down, we immediately think, does this have to do with the race issue? Right. You know what I mean? How yeah. heartbreaking that is to even have to think that. I mean, number one, how heartbreaking it is that right. that sin even occurs. Yeah, yeah. But then how heartbreaking it is to have to add a layer on top of that wondering, like, what was this about? And right. what, and how will this set things back if right. if we come to find out that it is true, you know, that it had to do with race? Yeah. And, and a lot of times it does come back to that. And yeah. so it's just kind of like, you know, we, we assume that and then we're right and it makes it kind of worse. And and like you said, you know, I've, I've had a lot of things going on personally, good things, uh, you know, more, more production on the album and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, which has been great. Mm-hmm. Um, and being licensed to, you to can work marry people now. I, I absolutely you can. can perform weddings. So if you guys are looking for uh, someone <laughs> to perform a wedding, Tyler, happy to do so. Tyler Redeem France can now do that officially. Yeah. You know, I think for me, Tyler, um, you knowing what our last podcast was about, kneeling for the national anthem, and knowing that the the NFL was going to start, I was right. I was really anxious to see yeah. how people would respond. Um, and on a, on a good note, we've had great responses from our podcast. We've right. had people that have reached out to us and said, "Hey, we we've had to rethink." Yeah how we think about the issue and we've had to kind of rethink about the way we react to people that we disagree with. Right. In other words, some people have said to us, you know, I, I don't think it's the right thing to do. Right. I, I can't do it, but now I will view those that do a little bit differently. And then that's what yeah. we were trying to get at, Absolutely. you know, in that podcast. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. that's an encouraging thing. And then on the, the other side, you've got people who are professing Christ, right. um, react in ways that were very unchristlike right. that I actually saw and heard with my own ears. And, yeah. and that is obviously a huge hit to my heart. Yeah. I'm like, come on, Christians, and let, it, let's do this thing right here. And you and I have very similar circles too. So we're yeah. seeing a lot of the same posts and we're right. seeing a lot of the same reactions. Yeah. And it's just troublesome when, um, maybe when we've done the podcast and so we've laid things out and we know that, bunch of people probably that are acting this way didn't see the podcast or hear the podcast or whatever. Right. But it's frustrating when you when you've laid it all out and you you've been clear on what the Bible says and then immediately people react yeah. opposite of what 
you've made clear that the Bible right. says, and they're professing Christians. And so Christians, um, share the last video yeah. so that more and more people can can hear what the Bible says on that issue, and that we can hopefully have some progress made with that as well. And so it's and, it's not all negative. I mean, it, yeah, positive yeah. that people we know have responded well and right. they want to rethink. Um, but I just need more people to rethink. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, and it is positive in the in that we are doing something that uh, that is needed. Yeah. You know, when you do see those kind of posts and you do see those things, yeah. it yeah. it kind of exposes that yeah, this is needed. Yeah, and, and it's so, a resource out there. Right. That is now public. Absolutely. And when you may be having a conversation with somebody, uh, you, the audience, may be having a conversation with somebody, you've now got a resource that you can tell people, hey, go and listen to this podcast right. and get back with me as we as we talk through this kneeling thing. Mm-hmm. And so now we've just provided a resource. And so that is a, a thing that we're super excited about. And yeah. And providing a resource is what we are here to do. This is what what we've been called to do here as the outsiders. And we're going to try to do that again today with episode number six, Black Lives Matter. So we want to make a few distinctions because the slogan and the organization are not the same, right? Right, right. And so the, the phrase Black Lives Matter began after George Zimmerman was acquitted after murdering a 17-year-old kid named Trayvon Martin. Yep. This was in Florida. Yep. Sanford, Florida. Yep. And, and this, this highly publicized case took the world by storm and sparked the question whether black lives were equal in the eyes of America. Mm-hmm. And this was controversial because of the nature of what happened. Right. What well, actually went down Dude, that night. It was, it was a Sunday night. February 26, 2012, to be exact. Um, and, and this kid, Trayvon Martin, was walking back to his father's fiance's house after just buying a bag of Skittles and an iced tea from mm-hmm. a convenience Arizona store. Arizona iced tea from a convenience sco- store with Skittles. Yep. And, and only crime, he was dressed in a gray hoodie. That's what made him look suspicious, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. That's what with they the say. With the hood over his head. And he ran into this dude, George Zimmerman, uh, who is a neighborhood watch volunteer. So he's not mm-hmm. appointed. He's not police. He's not any of that. He mm-hmm. is a volunteer. Right. So, and, and this is important. Yeah. I got, I got a son who's 15. Right. Um, less than two years away from the age of Trayvon Martin. Yep. This is where it starts to hit home. Now, I got a teenage son now. Right. right? And he's white. Right. But I can immediately put myself in a position where I'm like, my kids walking back from the store, yep. Skittles mm-hmm. and iced tea. Mm-hmm. That's all he's done. Yeah. Um, the element that is added here yeah. is that Trayvon was black. Right. And I can't help but think that's the suspiciousness yeah. that made Zimmerman act the way he did. So, so yeah, man, Zimmerman, he, he calls the police, right? And he's talking to the dispatcher and he says... Um, that there's this really suspicious looking guy. Let's just, right? just stop right there. What, how, how in the how world is he suspicious? <laughs> a teenage kid in a hoodie just walking down the street is suspicious. And what he says, he says, he says, this guy looks like he's up to no good or he's on drugs or something. It's raining and he's just walking around. Right. Literally, I mean, he calls, like, think of, think of that. Calling the police mm-hmm. because a dude is walking around in the rain. Right. And yeah. that's that's mm-hmm. what you're going with. Yeah, you want to know why he has a hood on? Yeah, it's, it's raining. raining. <laughs> it's raining. He pulls a hood over his head because yeah. it's raining. Uh, uh, the so the the dispatcher asked Zimmerman plainly. He said he said, "Are you following this person?" Right. And he said, "Yes." Yeah, I'm following. Zimmerman him. said, "Yes, I'm following him." And the dispatcher said, "Okay, we don't need you to do that." Right. Like, do not follow him. That is not necessary. Right. Um. Zimmerman followed him anyway. Yep. And after that, there was a commotion. There was screaming. That nobody saw it, which is mm-hmm. unfortunate. Right. Yeah, we didn't um, have witnesses. But there was this loud screaming. The neighbors were saying that they heard. They heard gunshots ring throughout the neighborhood. Um, so some kind of confrontation takes place that no one was able yeah. to to be a witness to. Right. So. What we know is the police told, I mean, the dispatch told him, 
don't follow this kid. Right. Leave the kid alone. Don't follow him. Right. He disregards what is said. Yep. He follows the kid. An altercation takes place because he's following the kid. Yep. When he was told not to, an altercation takes place. And apparently from the altercation, Zimmerman was getting his tail beat. Yeah. So, you know, he was so losing the fight. Right. A what, fight yeah. breaks out yeah. and Zimmerman begins to feel like he's losing the Which fight at least. I, I don't know this, um, but so imagine his- what Zimmerman said to the kid. Oh, who knows? Yeah. Like if he, if he has the guts to call the police and say, you know, the, the, right. And I'm going to do, I'm going to do what I want to do no anyway. No telling what he told this kid. Right. And, you know, I, I, yeah. it's, it's just, it's He obviously it's confronted the kid. Yeah. Um, which was a mistake. Right. Uh, fight breaks out. Zimmerman is either losing the fight or feels like he's losing the fight. And so he pulls out his gun. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's ugly, man. Yeah. And gunshots were fired. Yep. And, and as... We talked about with Freddie Gray and uh, many of these cases, the media did what they do, man. They got mm-hmm. to work. They found the most menacing pictures of Trayvon that they could, yep. and they painted him as a thug, yep. which essentially is saying that he deserved it. Right. Like, if, if you could paint him as a thug and, and demonize yep. him in this way... Yeah, then it wasn't then Zimmerman. It wasn't Zimmerman, didn't Zimmerman was wrong. innocent. He just yeah. was trying to protect the neighborhood. Yeah. And, you know... And again, think of the... This is what I can't get over. Right. The language of Zimmerman saying, we got a suspect, he looking suspicious at night. He's just walking in the rain. Walking in the rain. (laughs) What is illegal about any of that? What is really even suspicious about any of that? Right. Uh, Especially when we find out that he's walking back from the store with Skittles and and tea. And again, we, we weren't there. Right. So we're making our own judgment call. Yeah. But none of this happens if Zimmerman does what is asked of him and told of him by the dispatch. If he right. doesn't try to take this matter into his own hands, then this doesn't happen. And of course, a lot of people supported Zimmerman at the time. Oh, yeah. At the time, a lot of people supported Zimmerman. Now, they've all jumped off the Not Zimmerman so much anymore. Yeah, bandwagon since <laughs> because the guy has done you know, since then a bunch of things that at first it's interesting because the media and, and people, we immediately, it's just confirmation bias, right? Right. We want this kid to be a thug. So we're going to find the pictures that make him look bad. Right. We want Zimmerman to look like just this good citizen who's just looking out for his community and that's it. So we want to make him look good. Then what happens is Zimmerman has the rest of his life to demonstrate the kind of person he is to right. us. And and here's just a few things since then that have made people kind of jump off the, yeah. the bandwagon of George Zimmerman. One of the things is he paints a picture of a Confederate flag with the phrase that says, our second protects our first. Yeah. So it's a, a, mm-hmm. a second amendment protects our first amendment. But he, he does so by putting in a... a um, by putting a, a Confederate flag right. in this picture. And then he, he tries to sell it mm-hmm. um, and, and make money off of it. Yeah. He several times tries to sell the gun yeah. that he killed it off. Trayvon Martin with. He, he, tries he tried to, to auction it off. Auction off the gun that he killed Trayvon Martin with and, and get this, autograph it. Yes. He was going to autograph the gun and sell it. Now, what ended up happening is, is that the website that it apparently went on at first found out what who it was that was selling it and what the gun was, and they immediately right. ended the auction. Right. He continued to try to do this a couple more times. Uh, apparently, fake buyers were involved. Um, one of the the names that was one of the fake buyers was Racist McShootface. Um, and so... It went up again, get, getting up to $138,000, but it was never right. clear as as if the offer uh, was legitimate. He says it's a piece of American history and has even lied saying the Smithsonian Museum in Washington, D.C. wants it. And they have they, vehemently denied that and said right. that is absolutely not true. So, so we're dealing with someone whose character is not there. Well, he has been arrested multiple times for aggravated assault. Right. Since then, he has uh, pointed guns at his own family members since then. So what you're saying is he's the thug. 
he's the one who he looks like thug. a thug here. That's correct. And so what has happened since then is that a bigger picture of Zimmerman has been right. placed out there. And now people have realized like, oh man, maybe, maybe this dude wasn't just on the up and up like we thought. Right. And so more and more of that information has gone out yeah. and no longer is Zim- Zimmerman a guy that really gets any support whatsoever. Right. And, and so let's, let's go back. Right. So July 13th, 2013, Zimmerman was acquitted of all charges. Yeah. Uh, so the reason that we go over these details and they're important is because the Black Lives Matter slogan comes from an honest and brokenhearted place that we as Christians should not take lightly. So right. after he was acquitted, after Zimmerman was acquitted, they did a hashtag mm-hmm. online. I think it was Twitter and, and Facebook and everything yep. else. Started on Twitter, um, I believe. Yep. Yeah. And and it was Black Lives Matter. Yep. Right. And And this was in response to George Zimmerman getting off after murdering a 17-year-old kid yeah. that he provoked. Yeah. And I think that what what the questions that it has caused people to ask is if this was a white kid, yeah. would it would have would it have gone the same way? Um, does society value a black life the way that it values a white life? Yeah. Um, are those things equal? And these are questions that that black people heart have to heartbreakingly feel the need to even ask. Right. You know? And I think where the disconnect is, is that so many white people dismiss these questions. Right. As obvious. Like, right. they're like, oh, no, of course. Of course right. Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And Wait. it's and it's also because they don't have to ask it. Right. White people don't have to ask that question because of experience. Whereas black people, right. their experience leads them to ask that question. It's like what we said in our, our last episode podcast. You know, the, the coach of Doc Rivers, the coach of of the what teams he coached the Clippers. Oh yeah. He, you know, he, he says we love this country, but it doesn't love us back. Right. And how heartbreaking it is that he feels that way. How heartbreaking it is that African-Americans even have to ask the question. Yeah. Does our life matter as much as anybody else's? Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So let's listen to what a, a Sacramento news anchor, his name is Chris Thomas. He has to say about this matter. Okay. Welcome back. I wanted to take a moment to answer a viewer email we got tonight. Heidi says, can anyone please tell me what this trend of thinking is all about when a person can't say all lives matter? All lives do matter, don't they? Well, Heidi, of course, all lives are supposed to matter. And given that very truth, that also means black lives matter. But I have to tell you, it certainly doesn't feel that way. I've worked hard to get here. I went to good schools, got good grades, tried to do good in the world, never been arrested. But it's scary when I read headlines like this in a major newspaper. Getting killed by police, a leading cause of death for young black men in America. I'm 34 years old and it doesn't feel like all lives matter. When I know I've spent my entire life smiling and doing everything I can to somehow account for the fact that I'm a dark-skinned black male. To make people feel at ease that I'm not a threat. It doesn't feel like all lives matter when folks who look like me are 2.5 times more likely to be killed by police than white people, according to a study conducted by Rutgers University School of Criminal Justice. Doesn't feel like all lives matter when a man who looks like me can be killed by police over 20 bucks. It's beyond disturbing. Please. Please, I can't breathe. Please, man. Please, man. It doesn't feel like all lives matter when a plea for help is ignored, ignored by the very people sworn to protect and serve. And the sad thing is, this is not the first time this has happened. Practically every year, it happens again. And so people from all walks of life and all races and backgrounds have joined a movement to remind folks, black lives matter. Responding to that cry for justice That cry for equality with all lives matter is like saying things are already equal. Things are already just. And we know that ain't true. Sure, we've come a long way. I'm here tonight all the way from Birmingham, Alabama, once known as Bombingham, because of the many people who stood up and cried and prayed and marched for a better day. 
Well, guess what? The march toward better continues in communities all across this country with one simple message. Black Lives Matter. And, and that is a fact. It needs to be acknowledged. It needs to be proclaimed both in word and deed. Black Lives Matter. Yeah, that, that hashtag just exploded. Yeah. Um, it became a rallying cry for all social media platforms. It became right. a rallying cry in the streets. It became a rallying cry for African Americans and those uh, that are their allies um, years ago. Yeah. Um, it offered hope. It did. It offered hope. It, it, it just offered a, a phrase that, that people could rally around, a, a distinct thing that could be said quickly yeah. that, that let everybody know, like, we matter. Right. We matter. And, um, but it's not just a hashtag anymore. Right. Um, if, if it was just the hashtag and the movement, then it's and, great. But we, we've got more that has now been grabbed and attached to that phrase um, that we at least have to, to deal with and talk about and, and that's kind of entangled in it all. Yeah. So because of that, um, man, this, this organization, Black Lives Matter, right? I, I want so bad to support Black Lives Matter, the organization. I right. want to. I really do. Right. I want to march alongside those people who claim that they, they stand for justice and positive change for the black community because I'm all about that. My heart is all for that. Right. I want that. Um, right. I cannot support the Black Lives Matter organization. Right. I know and and just either. to be clear, the movement started and the organization... Right used the hashtag that was started by one of the women of the organization. Right. And they created the now an entire, they created an entire, um, conglomerate. Right. If you will. Yeah. Um, around that hashtag that was originally created. So, right. so you have the hashtag, right. which that's what most people are, are rallying around. Right. The, the community, the black community is not rallying around the organization. Right. Yes, they've got supporters. Yes, they have people. But the by and large, the, the ginormous movement that we have seen right. is not a movement behind an organization. It's a movement behind a slogan. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and but or they're unknowingly supporting the organization by supporting the slogan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Unknowingly. Right. Right. So, uh the the organization itself, like I said, we we are all for Black Lives Matter. The hashtag we are all for the movement. Yeah, we we agree we with agree. the movement. Right. Uh, what has happened is it was hijacked by an organization that that I as a Christian cannot support. Right. And they've and, linked a bunch of other things to it that we can't get behind. Right. So it was established by three lesbian women who uh, took, which, who really, I mean. They're not even secretive about it. They, they openly admit to being trained Marxists, two of them. Right. Do. Trained Marxists. Yeah. Uh, now, we don't really have the time to, to dive into what that is. Right. Uh, but if you do know what Marx is, if you don't know what it is, then, then you know, please look it up. Yeah. It's not great. Just the basic tenets. Yeah, the, yeah. the basic tenets of Marxism, um, I, I don't believe they are um, helpful to human beings. Right. I don't think they align themselves with the law of God. And nor do I believe they align themselves um, up with Scripture. And so we, when you hear someone say they are a trained Marxist, and historically speaking, it doesn't go very well. It either. does not go very well. It, yeah. It's not. It's not a good thing. Yeah. Um, and so we have fundamental disagreements with the creators of the organization when right. they say Marxism is something that they want to push and promote. We immediately have to push back on that and say, well, that's not something we can get behind right there. And here's my opinion. You, you can take it for what it's worth, but uh, I have done a lot of research on this, and I, I believe that Black Lives Matter started with pure intentions. I believe that mm -hmm. when Patrice Coolers made the hashtag surrounding the Trayvon Martin case, that it came from an honest place, and a brokenhearted, honest place. Yeah, it was just about, we've seen this injustice take place. We don't feel like our lives matter as much as anybody else's. This hashtag will say that, right? And it caught wildfire, like we said, and it and it blew up everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but then it took a 
a, right. the organization took a step. I think what happened is is donations started coming in yeah. and power started happening and they they yeah. started getting power and then I you know I, I believe power corrupts if in, mm-hmm. in the wrong hands and I think as the power started coming in they they used what was meant for good they used it and they twisted it and kind of put in some other agendas. Yeah, I think I think they they saw an opportunity and this is just our opinion but right. they saw an opportunity Yeah, please don't take this to as... link up other agendas with the organization. Right. So the organization was not just going to be any longer black lives matter as much as anybody else. Now we're going to link other agendas and mission statements to this organization and that's where we as followers of Christ that's where we can't support. Right. So, so on the Black Lives Matter site, yeah, let's just let's under, just go through their site. Let's yeah. let's quote them a little bit and let's see where we disagree and where we agree. Under what we believe, you will see a well-written and inclusive list of things that that Black Lives Matter stands for. Uh, some are fantastic, mm-hmm. and as believers in Christ, we can loudly shout "Amen" and stand beside them for those things. Right. Um, th- here's an example: All truth is God's truth. All truth is God's truth. It doesn't matter where it comes from. Comes from, yeah. Yep. Yep. So we acknowledge, respect, and celebrate differences and commonalities. Mm -hmm. Yes. Give me more of that. Amen. Give me more of that. We work vigorously for freedom and justice for Black people, and by extension, all people. Yep. Give me more of that. We want freedom and justice for all. Amen. We intentionally build and nurture a beloved community that is bonded together through a beautiful struggle that is restorative, not depleting. Mm -hmm. Yes. I, I want that. Right. I can stand by that. Yep. And and wave the banner of Christ with it. Like that is that is a yes. beautiful thing. We are unapologetically black in our positioning. In affirming that blacks live black lives matter, we need not qualify our position. To love and desire freedom and justice for ourselves is a prerequisite for wanting the same for others. Amen. Right. Yeah, we can get behind all of that. All of that. Fantastic. Amen. Let's do it. Right. But then you read a little bit further. Yeah. And as an outsider and a follower of Christ, we we cannot get behind these things. Right. Yeah. Um, There's a line that has to be drawn there. And so, you know, there, there is a very strong homosexual agenda. Right. And it's not a inclusive homosexual agenda, even though it's worded like that in some ways. Right. Um, it is a affirming. It yeah. is. And, and, and we want to be pushing we, forward of... Of these of an agendas, agenda. yeah, right. and that and that's where we we want to clarify here, just for a moment. We as Christians, um, we believe that all homosexuals, transgendered people, we believe that they are all worthy of dignity and respect, absolutely, as image bearers of God, just should as be much treated as anyone else with love and compassion, just like Black Lives Matter organization yes. says. Yes, what we cannot get behind right. is an agenda right. to push. A queer affirming, a queer affirming network, network. Right. and that's what Black Lives Matter. That's part of the agenda that they've attached right. to it. It's not just treat people with dignity and respect and love, but now we have a queer affirming network that we're pushing. And and because the founders are are lesbians, it's understandable why they would do that. Like it, it, I see why oh, yeah, you would put that in because you feel away about it and you want to put that. But that's not what Black Lives Matter originally was, was supposed in to the be statement. about, right? And and that's where the issue is. And I I amen everything you said. Right. And they want it. They want to break the chains of heteronormative thinking. We want to get rid of that. We want to break that apart. Which where does heteronormative thinking come from? Well, God. God. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. So so that is that is the the disconnect when it comes to that. Now they're also uh, pro-abortion. Yes. Absolutely. And, and we cannot get behind that. Uh, right. We, As believers, we can't, again, right. uh, go along with that. And what's interesting about pro-abortion and what's interesting, I think, uh, um, about their view of the family in general, which um, I know you have a quote for that too, Tyler, but yeah. um, is that we believe these are anti-black things. Right. So we we have a fundamental disagreement with what is good for black people. Right. Because we're coming from a Christian perspective. We don't believe their view of family is actually good for black people. Yeah. We don't believe their view of, of, of abortion is good for black people. Right. We've said it before. We're going to do a, a podcast on abortion and race yeah. and how they're linked together. But And so... Margaret Sanger and Planned Parenthood. Yeah, so we're going to Why stand, they're in the hoods. Like, why those... those and, and poor minority neighborhoods. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So so we we stand against abortion in their view of the family um, as as anti racist. We stand against that. Um, Absolutely. Because they say some things about about the family that we fundamentally disagree with. Right. And, and that's they say we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another, especially our children, to the degree that mothers, parents and children are comfortable. Now, let's let's we just, gotta break that down. Let's break it down. They're not saying that they just support they're not saying that they just support families that are already like that, that they don't mm-hmm. discriminate. They're not saying that. Yeah. What they're saying is that they want to disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family. And again, it's not Western prescribed. It's not prescribed. a Western it's prescribed a nuclear family. Prescribed. It, it existed, the structure of a mother and a father right. in a home with children is not prescribed. With specific roles. Yes. Roles. Is not prescribed by anyone in the West originally, this was something that was laid out by God in right. scripture. This is where, where God stands on what the family looks like. Right. So when they come back and say, we want to disrupt that, right. we as believers say, well, what you're wanting to dis- disrupt is the, the nature of the family that God has uh, prescribed. And we're all for supporting extended structures. Like I, I'm all for it. Uh, Extended families and villages right. collectively caring for one another too. and caring for children and, and so that everyone feels supportive. We're all behind that. 100%. But to disrupt the foundation of civilization, which is family, yeah. the way that God has designed, we as Christians can't get, we can't get behind on that. Right. Because that's, that's not, our, our authority comes from God. Right. Our authority comes from God and his word. Right. And, and those two don't go together. So again, we said we weren't going to tell you why we're outsiders. I'll tell you a little piece of why we're an outsider. It's because we can agree with you until we can't agree with you anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. We we can be there with you. We can amen all those things until you go against the word of God. And mm-hmm. then we have to lovingly and right. respectfully... We got to push back at that push point. Push back. And, and I think too... Every statistic, scientific statistic that we can run says children thrive better and families thrive better Mm -hmm. when it is a two-parent nuclear family. Right. A husband, uh, a wife, and children, nuclear family. Every stat says that's how the family, that's what the family needs to thrive. So when you want to disrupt that, we believe you are disrupting uh, the black community. We yes. believe you're doing harm to the black community, even right. though you're black yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's because they don't start where we start when it comes to to scripture. Right. And and so yeah, we have to push back. I, I use the phrase "all truth is God's truth." That is a something that comes out of the Protestant Reformation. You didn't come up with that. I did not come up with that. Uh, I, I would have loved to have come up with that, <laughs> but but it is a vital thing to use. All truth is God's truth. I don't care who says it. Right. If it is said and it is true, then it originally came from God. Amen. And because we are image bearers of God, we get some things right. But when we got to go back to our thinking, right? We got to have heart change, mind change, proper action. Yeah. If you don't have that theology right, then you're not going to get the proper action that you need. Right. And where we come down is we see some proper thinking in the, the the those that have created the Black Lives organization. Yeah, there is absolutely. some proper thinking there. The heart was in the right place at first. Right, we believe. We, I mean, we right. we don't know, but we that's our opinion. Yes. Yeah. And when we say heart, there we we don't necessarily mean the, that's the, the sinful point. heart or yeah. new heart, but right. their 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 thoughts were in the right place. Their, thoughts, their affections yeah. were in the right place, and we agree with that. Right. What they didn't have is a new covenant heart right. that aligns itself up with God. Right. And so that's where we got to push back. And so we as the outsiders, right. and we believe as Christians, should fully support the slogan, Black Lives Matter. 100%. And at the same time, push back against the organization um, for things that they stand against that we believe are against God's law and God's creation. And so we can do both those things. I know we want to make everything simple. Right. I know we want to make everything simple it's and not, be like, these people are the good guys, these people are the bad guys, these people. It's not simple. It's Life not. is not simple. It yeah. is more nuanced than that. And we need to speak in a, a more nuanced way. 
And speaking in a nuanced way does not mean that you're compromising. No, absolutely not. It doesn't mean that we shy away from God's Word. Right. And, and here's what I hope. I hope that as we move into our theological segment, we will be able to provide you ways of thinking in a more nuanced way, of mm-hmm. speaking in a more nuanced that way. That Scripture provides. That Scripture helps us think through so that we can be a better ally and we could help the black community when it comes to Black Lives Matter. So to begin this segment, uh, let's define in the first place what oppression is, because that's not a given. Yeah, I think it'd be a good place to start for sure. So uh, oppression is the unjust use of power at other people's expense. Mm. So often this includes protecting one's power, as we've seen throughout history, Mm -hmm. uh, comfort, security, and privilege at the expense of those with less than you. At the expense of those. Right. Nothing wrong with power, nothing wrong with comfort, nothing right. ro- wrong with security. But when you're using it at the expense, at the expense of others, right. it is oppression. Right. So uh, we, we do know that oppression is wrong, but yeah, often absolutely. we either do not have our eyes open to see it or mm-hmm. our consciences are too callous to care. Yeah. Yeah. Like we just kind of numb out, I guess. Right. We either don't know or we don't care. Right. Um, and, and the Bible, here's the thing, Tyler, the Bible discusses this issue. It doesn't leave us in the dark uh, in, in understanding this broken world because of sin that we live in and the oppression that is a regular occurrence. Because of sin, oppression is going to exist. In Genesis chapter 1, mm. God gave power to human beings. So power's not wrong. Right. God gave it to human beings. He told them in, in verse 28 to rule and have dominion over the earth. Right. Human beings are created to rule and have dominion. So, so power over the entire earth. Over the entire earth. Right. However, instead of doing this with love, man turns to rule with violence. And we see this right off the bat. Right off the bat with Cain and Abel. Yep. When, when Cain is, when there is a threat to his position, right? and here it's his position before God, Yeah. when it was a threat to his position, the way to handle that was murdering his brother. Mm. Cain literally questions whether or not he is his brother's keeper, yeah. which is hilarious because God had told his parents, mm. you're the keepers of everything. Right. You are to rule over every, you are the keepers of everything. And then he questions God and said, am I my brother's keeper? And this same attitude Mm. continues from generation to generation. So much so that in Genesis chapter six, verse 11, God tells us the earth was corrupt in God's sight and the earth was filled with With violence. violence. That's right. And that's when God decided to destroy mankind in the flood. Mm -hmm. So he destroys mankind except for eight. He reinstates human beings and tells them again, rule and have dominion over the earth. Genesis 9, verses 6 and 7. This time... No killing. No killing. Right. This was power with no oppression. Right. You are to use your power for love. Right. You are to use your power for the benefit of creation. Mm. So in Genesis chapter 10, 8 through 10, we read about this man named Nimrod. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was a warrior king who creates an empire to oppress the other nations. He is the one who builds the Tower of Babel. That is a a very recognized story in the Christian community. Mm -hmm. Nimrod is the king, the warrior king, that wants to oppress everybody else by making himself great. So he's going to subdue others, make one nation, make one people, raise this this, this tower up to his name and to his fame, Mm -hmm. and... If you're hearing this for the very first time, especially if you're like a first century uh, Jewish person, your ears would perk up because Babel is where Babylon was located. Mm. Babylon in scripture is used as the icon of oppression in the world. Even all the way into the book of Revelation, uh, Babylon is used as a symbol or a picture of of worldly oppression. Mm. Well, it starts... In the, with the Tower of Babel, right. runs all the way through the Babylonian Empire, who does oppress Israel, and then it's used for the rest of Scripture as this icon of oppression. Mm. And they do it with violence and coercion. Mm. This is a part of the human condition. Humanity has been on track 
to build cruel, oppressive empires since the fall. Wow. Since the fall. It should not surprise us. In right. fact, Ecclesiastes chapter 5, 8 says, if you see oppression of the poor and denial of justice and righteousness in the province, do not be shocked at the sight. Yeah. So God is letting us know because of the human condition, because power is, is used with violence to oppress people, we should not be surprised when we see it being perpetrated against the poor, when we see it to, to deny justice and righteousness right. in our land. Mm. And this is why the Bible speaks so regularly right. of justice and fighting for the oppressed. Now, these verses that I'm fixing to read, Tyler, these are all verses that originally were written to Israel, mm. who they themselves uh, had been rescued from oppression. God turns Israel into a nation. They were just the children of Israel, Jacob. Yeah, yeah. He turns them into a nation after bringing them out of 300 years of oppression, mm. uh, 400 years of oppression, excuse yeah. me. So, they're reminded regularly, you people are not supposed to be like the rest of the people. You're not supposed to use your power a, a, to perpetrate violence and oppression on others. Hmm. Here are just a few verses that is written in the Old Testament to declare to Israel how they're supposed to view oppression and power and justice and righteousness and those, those things. Isaiah chapter 10, verse 1. Woe to those who enact evil statutes and those who constantly record unjust decisions. Hmm. Proverbs twenty two sixteen. he who oppresses the poor to make more for himself or he who gives to the rich will only come to poverty. Wow. Zechariah 7, 9 through 10, this is what the Lord of the heaven, the God of heaven's army says, judge fairly, mm. show mercy and kindness to one another. Do not oppress widows, orphans, foreigners, or the poor, and do not scheme against each other. Proverbs 14, 31, those who oppress the poor insult their maker, wow. but helping the poor honors him. Proverbs 22, 16, and 17, a person who gets ahead by oppressing the poor or by showering gifts on the rich will end in poverty. Listen to the words of the wise. Apply them to your heart for instruction. And Proverbs 31, 9, speak up, judge righteously, and defend the cause of the oppressed and the needy. These are all verses. Yeah given to Israel, letting them know the world is going to oppress people. Right. Don't be shocked by it. You shouldn't, you shouldn't know that it's going to happen, but you shouldn't be like the nations. Yeah. So when we read the Old Testament, we should know right off the bat that oppression exists. Right. And, and then God speaks to how Israel and we as yeah. The new Israel, yeah, the yeah. true Israel, how we are supposed to respond to the very same thing. And and these aren't just advisements either. Right. You know, the, they're they're not just recommendations from the Lord. Yeah. Like uh, do these if you want to. It'd be a good idea. Again, these are commands. A lot of what we've yep. been talking about, these are commands of God. These yep. are not just recommendations. Absolutely. We are to be a people who treat the oppressed right. properly, right. to defend their cause. Yeah. So I mean, there's no doubt that that African Americans in this country have suffered oppression. Yeah. In, in great quantities throughout yeah. the history of this country. Absolutely. And and the results and consequences of this historical oppression, they continue to have an effect today. Yeah. It's like if you it's, dropped a rock in a lake. Right. Right. The, the initial splash. Right. Of slavery, yeah. if you will, of white supremacy there. Yeah. Even though the rock is no longer dropping in the water, right. the ripples are all there yeah, and they still exist to this day. Right. So that's that oppression has continued yep. uh, because we have said laws do not, as we have said, yep. right? Laws do not change hearts. Laws don't change hearts. And so oppression has continued. Yeah. Just because laws change doesn't, doesn't mean that hearts change. It doesn't mean that institutions change. It doesn't mean that, that the people running organizations, right. that they haven't changed. Yeah. Um, those things still exist, and the ripples of those things still exist for sure. Amen. And and this is what really the movement, again, separate from the organization, right. this is really what the movement of Black Lives Matter is fighting against. Yeah. 
Um, it is what Christians should fight against. Amen. That's what's yeah. crazy. This isn't just something that the world should fight for. This is something right. we should be fighting for because God commands that we fight for oppressed people groups. Yeah. But unfortunately, many people today have not responded the way that God commands for us to, to respond. We have not responded in such a way that African-Americans can feel like we care about their experience. Right. Often we respond, again, out of ignorance, mm -hmm or out of a calloused heart right. in ways that make African-Americans feel like we don't care right. about their experience. Yeah. So let me give you a few examples. Yeah. So number one, responding by refusing to believe that oppression of African-Americans exists today, mm -hmm. right? That's mm -hmm. one way that people have responded. Um, people say, because I can't, I can't see or relate to the experience that you're having or even imagine or even like, imagine that. Yeah, absolutely. Or even imagine, can't even imagine that. Yeah. Then it can't be real. Right. Because I don't see it. Right. Firsthand or I can't imagine it firsthand. Right. Then it can't be real. And, and what you're doing in that is completely disregarding any real emotions they have. You're, you're completely. Absolutely disregarding yeah. them as people and their experiences. It is like my wife. I will use this illustration <laughs> constantly. It is like my wife coming to me upset about something. And my response is you're being hysterical. You just need to calm down. Yeah, this work. isn't really as bad as you're saying that it is. Right. That is not the way to respond. Right. So out of a calloused heart yeah. or out of ignorance, Many people are responding by saying, I don't believe that this oppression and racism exists today. Last night, right. I'm watching uh, um, clips of President Trump speaking at a town hall meeting. Yeah. And a pastor, a, a Christian brother of ours, a pastor, black pastor, is mentioning racism and um, the slogan, Make America Great. And he, he's just kind of um, asking questions uh, in, in kind of in that context. And Trump's response to one of his questions was this. He said, well, I hope race isn't an issue anymore today. Oof. And and I heard that, right. and I saw the, the face of the black pastor, yeah. and, and I just thought, if we're not aware, right. or if we fuse to believe that race is an issue, yeah. if we deny it, it's not gonna we're gonna be able to solve anything. Right. And so James Baldwin once wrote, I'm reading a book of his essays, he he once wrote this the most difficult thing in my life has been the fact that I was born a Negro. Mm. And I can conceive of no Negro native to this country who has not, by the age of puberty, been inseparably scarred by the condition of his life. I hear white people say on the regular that they don't believe racism is a large problem yeah, today. I yeah. I, here's what I, but here's the I thing. Hear that too. I don't find African Americans right. that say that. I mean, you can find a few, right? Yeah. But you don't, you don't find very many African Americans that don't say race is a huge problem. Right. So to deny that is to deny the experience of all of these people in our country. Now, statistically speaking, and you're doing it with ignorance. You're not doing it with any kind of right. You know, you're you're completely ignorant when you're saying that to to their experiences. Right. And yeah. You because you can't. haven't lived that, so you don't know. It right. it, it would be like me uh. saying to my wife, yeah. "You're being hysterical. You just need to calm down. This isn't that bad." You know, I wouldn't have responded that way. I wouldn't feel that way. Right. Right. Well, I'm completely ignorant to her personality. Yeah. To her being a woman. Right. To, I mean, there's all kinds of things that I can't relate to because mm -hmm. I'm a man and not a woman. The best thing I could do is listen mm -hmm. and understand that this thing is taking place. Right. And this is the, the, the way that it is caused, these, this experience is causing my wife to feel this way. These experiences in the African-American community are causing African-Americans to feel this way. And our response should be to listen to them. Right. And understand where they're coming from. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to give you some statistics. Yeah. African Americans are more likely to live in poverty, be in prison, and be less educated than their white counterparts. That is a fact. Right. Okay? It is just the statistics. Mm -hmm. African Americans are more, more likely to live in poverty, be in prison, and to be less educated than their white counterparts. 
That leaves me with two options on why this is. Yeah, two choices. Yep. You got two choices. It's either something. Some, let me guess. Yes. Let me guess. Yeah. It's either something is is wrong with black people. Yes. And they just can't get it right. So something is inherently right. wrong with black people right. that is causing them to be in poverty, prison, and less educated. Yep. That's one choice. And and the other choice is that the system is just broken. That, that things a, aren't equal. Things are not equal. There's the yeah. those are the only two choices I have read and studied and and thought hard about this. Mm. Those are the only two choices. You can say other things, but it, eventually they trail back to those two choices. Right. That either there's something wrong with black people. Right. Or the system is unequal. Right. Now, when I say the system is unequal, yeah. I am not saying. We, Marxism, for instance, right. um, communism, social, socialism, says they want everyone to have the same experience. Right. Right. We want everyone level. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm saying. That's here. Not, yeah. What I'm saying and, and what the black community is saying is we don't, we don't just, we don't want everyone to be on the, to be, you know, equal in that sense. Just give us a chance. Like we give us want the same a, level playing field. Right. Give us the same opportunities. Give us we the same want a level, level playing yeah, field. That's great. So there's a difference there. And so what we are arguing for in this first point is to be nuanced enough in our mm-hmm. thinking to say, is it possible that the African American experience is something I don't understand? Right. As a white person. Yeah. Is it possible that they are experiencing oppression that I haven't seen? or that I'm ignorant to, or that I have just closed my heart off to. Mm. Is that possible? Number two, responding to Black Lives Matter with the phrase, all lives matter. This is a big one. This was a big one. Our clip earlier um, kind of addressed this, but I I just want to say a couple things about it. In in Luke chapter 15, Jesus has a hundred sheep, okay? He's using this illustration. Got a hundred sheep. One of those sheep wanders off. Right and puts itself in danger, mm-hmm. right? It's in trouble. Jesus leaves the 99 sheep to go get the one sheep that is in danger and rescue that sheep. Yeah. Now, do the 99 sheep matter? Of course they do. Right, but they're not in... But they're not in danger. Right. They're not in a situation that needs special attention right now. Yeah. The 99 are okay. They're here and they don't need the special attention that this one does. Right. Yes. The 99 matter, but the 99 shouldn't say to Jesus as he goes off to save the one. Well, I guess we don't matter to you then Jesus. Right. No. Yeah. Here's, here's another example. You wouldn't stand outside of a cancer center Mm -hmm. with a sign that says all diseases matter. It's true. You wouldn't. Or a, a house that's burning down, you wouldn't look around and say all houses matter. Yeah, if, if yeah, if a house is burning down and some man saying, you know, hey, my house is burning down, my house matters. You don't walk by and go, well, man, hey, listen, all houses matter. Right. So uh, we're not going to take care of yours that's on fire because they all matter. Right. No, you have special attention considering the context in which these things are playing out, and so. Um, so that that's why that is so offensive. If you've ever wondered why all lives matter is is so offensive to right. to a lot of your black neighbors. Right. That's why. Right. It's it's saying no, I matter too, but yeah. you're not you're not in danger. Right. Like you're not you're not the one that's you're going not through going, what I'm going through, through what the African Americans are going through. And by you saying that you are dismissing everything I'm going through. You're dismissing all of my experiences. Yeah. And and in fact, is it true that all lives matter? Of course. Yes. Is it true that all diseases matter? Of course. Yes. Is it true that all houses matter? Of course. Of course. It's true as 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 it is. But the fact of the matter is responding to black lives matter with all lives matter mm-hmm. is tone deaf and counterproductive. 100%. Uh, it is tone deaf and counterproductive. So... And it... One more thing. I'm sorry. No, I'm go sorry. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. It also, black lives matter does not mean... Only Black Lives Matter. Not at all. It doesn't mean Black Lives Matter more. No one's ever it, said that. It doesn't mean Black Lives Matter. Like it, it's it's literally just saying Black Lives Matter. It should be fairly uncontroversial. Just right. the same. Yeah, it should, should be. be very absolutely uncontroversial. 
yes, Black Lives Matter. Yes, let's stand behind absolutely, that. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I understand people who will say, but the organization. Okay, I understand that because yeah, we, we just are, talked about we that. We just talked yeah. about it. Like, I get it that you say, well, I don't want to use that phrase because the organization. Okay, yep. all right, don't use the phrase. Right. So let me give you some you can use. Right. Why can't you use Black Lives Matter too? Right. T-O-O. Yep. Black Lives Matter too. Why can't you use the phrase Black Lives do matter? Yeah. Use the like phrase Black like Lives one. truly matter. Mm. Black lives matter just as much. Right. In other words, if if the issue for you is not that black people are fighting for their rights, right. and you say, well, I want to support that, right. and but I can't do it because of black lives matter. Okay, well, here's four, four options that you can use yeah. to give your support mm-hmm. to what black people and their allies are calling for. Mm-hmm. Black lives matter too. Black lives do matter. Black lives truly matter. Black lives matter just as much. Yeah. So responding with all, all, all lives matter when someone is crying black lives matter, I'm telling you, it is undercutting yeah. something you don't understand. the legs out <laughs> from underneath something you don't understand. Yeah. And you are hurting people when you respond that way. Yeah. You may not have ever had anyone say to you, when you say all lives matter, it crushes me as an African-American. I'm, I have. I'm, I've, yes, and we're here on this podcast telling yeah. you, if you respond that way, you are hurting people. I, I have been with my black friends when they have dealt with people that have just, that's their response. That is just the response. All lives matter. You know, why are you saying that? And it breaks their heart because you are dismissing everything that they experience. Please stop doing it. Please. Number three, another thing that white people do that that I think undermines what we're trying to accomplish Hmm. responding by rallying around the false idea that all protesters are violent rioters and looters say it again for the people in the back so many people (laughs) are trying to lump all the protesters in to these violent rioters and looters the department of homeland security has released data that states that 94 percent of all the protests that have happened since george floyd's death have been peaceful. That means 6%. Right. Now, we don't want to downplay the 6%. We don't. In other words... That's why we don't support the 6%. Those rioters and looters ought to be arrested and charged, and there ought to be justice done there. Right. We are not just, you know, wiping that away and acting like it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Okay? Justice should be done. We condemn the 6%, Mm -hmm. but 94% have been peaceful. Yeah. So when you take the 6% and you try to make make it look like the 94% right. are a part of that 6%, you're you're being unjust. Yeah. And you're undercutting and hurting people when you do that. Right. And don't be fooled by the media too, because that's what they show you is the 6%. Well, because they show you that yeah. that the the place is burning down. And listen, the 6% could do a lot of damage. Absolutely. There's tons of property damage. There's, there's lives lost, and it's all bad. It's, yeah, it's all unjust horrible. and evil. It's all unjust and evil. Um, but but again, ninety four percent are are just out there saying, "Right, I matter." And and what the media does is the media shows you the most titillating thing they can. They're gonna they're gonna show you the stuff that is going to rile you up so that you keep watching and that you keep depending on what you're watching buying it but but which, they which media you're watching yeah but it but it bounces back and forth so if right. the left wing media sees an opportunity mm-hmm. to jump on the right wing media then that's mm-hmm. what they're going to do mm-hmm. or the right wing people that's what they're going to do and they're going to take the exceptions and make them the rule and the same thing the right doing it to the left and right. so be weary of that and don't fall into the trap of dismissing the voice of African Americans who are saying that they're experiencing oppression right. and and dismissing it by saying all you guys are out here doing is looting and you know and rioting and so-called peaceful protest. Well, 94% are peaceful protest. Right. And we can stand against oppression and condemn violence at the same time. Right. Like we're capable of doing both those things. Right. Um, and I'm not gonna dismiss a whole movement. Because of six percent of the people, right? No, I'm just not. I'm not going to do it. And too often we do that. And when we as white people do that, it again um, does not show support for those that are fighting against oppression. And then lastly, 
responding to these issues by seeing them as a conservative and a liberal or as Republican and Democrat. Yep. It does not serve us well, Christians, to respond to these issues through the lens mm -hmm. of Republican, Democrat, right. conservative, and thinking. Those labels, right, are so easily used to cause division. Yeah. Us to, against them. Yes, to divide each other up and yep. to view things through a lens that makes it exactly what you said, Tyler, us against them right. rather than us together. So please be, be mindful of kingdom thinking, yeah. not right-wing thinking or yeah. left-wing thinking, right. kingdom thinking. Yeah. And, and be careful to, to check yourself and say, am I looking at this situation through the glasses, the tinted glasses of right. Democrat and Republican? And, and that's that's an outsider's view, by the way. That that outsider's view is that yes. I'm not going to fit into this Republican Democrat. My allegiance is to Jesus. Yes, that and is... and my allegiance is to His creation, yep. and my allegiance is to those that have been made in His image that are screaming that we are being oppressed, and we as Christians should respond in a way that calls forth the kingdom in the here and the now. So as we end this podcast with a couple application things, not as this if, episode, not the podcast. The podcast, yeah, the podcast is, still. is still going. This episode, um, I, I kind of want. We've already done some of that, but I, I want to elaborate on kind of what I said at the end of the last segment. Yeah. The gospel of Jesus Christ is going to bring an end to all oppression. Mm. It is going to happen. The gospel of Jesus Christ links humanity with the earth, right? And so when Jesus comes back, everything's going to be made new. Humanity has already started becoming new right. uh, in Jesus. The world is going to be made new. And there is going to come a time in the future, our blessed hope of knowing all oppression is going to cease and every wrong is going to be righted. Amen. Every injustice is going to be uh, judged and fixed. Yeah. Like that day is coming. So in the here and now, we want to spread the gospel yeah. to bring people into that reality. Right. We we want people who are experiencing oppression to know the ultimate freeing of the oppression that you're experiencing is going to be in Jesus Christ. It's a changed heart. Yeah, it's going to be in Jesus Christ. And right. you may experience the end of oppression from your physical reality, right. but the spiritual reality... Mm -hmm needs to also be there. Yeah. And so we got to get that right, get that heart right, get in the kingdom of God yeah. so that we have that blessed hope that oppression is coming to an end Absolutely. in Jesus Christ. But what we want to do is that reality, the, the, the way that Jesus and the New Testament writers talk about the, the eschatology, the end of all things, that reality that's coming has reached back into the present. Mm. So the new humanity has begun. The, the new creation has begun, first and foremost with Jesus Christ, and then all of those that put their faith in him afterwards. This new humanity has begun. And so what we do as Christians is we share the gospel, but then we live out the fruit of the gospel. We live out the fruit of the new creation. We live out what we want to be true on the new earth. Like that's that's the way I try to think about it. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, okay, good way. what what do I want the new earth to be like? Mm -hmm. Let's live like that now. Yeah, amen. You know what I mean? Absolutely. What do I want to see? How how do I want to see people, you know, flourish on the new earth when Jesus comes back? Now let me live to to make that happen now. Oh yeah. And so when we see oppression, we fight against it. That's not new creation stuff. Right. Right? That that's old creation stuff. Mm -hmm. The the right wing, left wing, Democrat, Republican, and I'm gonna stick to those sides no matter what, that's old creation stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's not kingdom stuff. Right. The the idea that that we are going to have an us versus them attitude, mm -hmm. that's old creation stuff. That's not new creation stuff. So we share the gospel of Jesus Christ and his kingdom, bringing people into it so they have the hope of the ultimate blessing free of oppression. When all oppressions shall cease, like our Christmas songs tell us. <laughs> but we also want to bring them in so that they can be an instrument of living that reality out now. Yeah. As as best we can. Absolutely. And um Amen. And so with that, coupled with 
the, the four things that we dealt with in our last segment, you should have a lot to go on, um, on how to live out, how to apply this, this episode to your life. Absolutely. You know what I mean? This is an episode that you should be able to apply to your life, um, pretty easily right Mm -hmm. away with just ceasing to do some things and to start doing some things. And that's what we're hoping to do on the, on the podcast. And the gospel is the answer. It is. That's what we want you to take away from, from anything that we do. Amen. Is that it is the gospel. Amen. Amen. Thanks Uh, for joining us guys. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. We have enjoyed it. And, uh, we, we, again, we welcome you to hit us up, email us. If you have any questions or comments or concerns or anything like that. Yeah. We view this as as a conversation, a discussion. We we're using this podcast to get a conversation and discussion going. So hit us up for sure. Do it. And a lot of you have, and we love that. So Thank you for that. Definitely like, subscribe, share, review, review, all the things you can do, all the things you can do, all the things. Um, we are the Outsiders Podcast. We love you. Yep. We'll see you next time.